Welcome to the Spoiler Cunts Podcast. This is our premiere episode. I'm Emily. I'm here with Yuleen. Hey, I'm Yuleen. That's Yuleen. There she is, everybody. And we're here to spoil you. I'm assuming you've come here of your own free will, so you can't get mad about whatever we say from this point on. That sounds very luxurious to be like, we're, we're here to spoil we're you. We're here to spoil you guys. I, yeah, I, I kind of like that. I hope you wanted some high thread count <laughs> Egyptian cotton. Egyptian cotton spoilers here because <laughs> we got them for you. Yeah, we do. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what this podcast is and, mm-hmm. and like in a JFK Kennedy way, why we spoil. Yes. Um, like we're, we're going high, we're going high minded and philosophical. Mm -hmm. Um, so a little bit of backstory when Emily and I first met, we were at this party Mm -hmm. and I was talking about some game of Thrones stuff and, um, how I would watch the show with like the Wikipedia pages open for all the characters. And Emily reached out and she took my hand (laughs) and she said, you mean, do you love spoilers? And I looked at her deep in those like beautiful brown eyes are your eyes brown yeah my eyes are brown yeah her eyes are brown cool (laughs) so i looked into her beautiful brown eyes and i said yes emily i do and it just it felt like coming home yes it did it really did because you it's very rare that you find somebody in your friend group that doesn't shame you for liking to spoil yourself do you feel persecuted as somebody who reads spoilers i truly truly do because people get like angry like I try not to spoil other people, but people get mad that I like to spoil myself. Oh, yeah. People feel a lot of ownership uh, over how we consume our media, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Like, I have gotten told so many times that I'm a terrible person for reading spoilers and... But it's your life. It's my life. And also people that are like, you're a filmmaker. You should understand, like, why that's a terrible thing. But, like... No, 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 no. You don't get to tell me how to consume my media. Right? <laughs> Bonus backstory. You lean as a filmmaker. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I just do my own thing. I'm always fucking awesome, y'all. <laughs> She's so cool. Um, <clears throat> right. No, but, like, I I truly felt like this. I'd, I'd had the idea of having a spoiler podcast for a long time and didn't know what to do with it. And then I hear when I was very, very drunk at a party um here you lean talking across the room about liking spoilers and i was like this is my cunt y'all like (laughs) (laughs) yep i think that's my first text to you spoiler cunts yeah it was like a reminder (laughs) that we should do this podcast here we are and here we are we make dreams into realities we do it's very aspirational it is on this journey and Yuleen, let me ask you a question why do you like to spoil yourself I think it comes from anxiety. I don't like the anxiety that comes from what the filmmakers want me to feel. Like, movies and TV shows can be very manipulative. And they're like, we're going to make you feel, like, really... I'm using the word anxious a lot, but it's just like, dun, 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 with the music. And I'm like, fuck no! Fuck you! I don't want this! Like, you know... 
here's how I would describe it. You know that shot in every movie where it's something's happening and they're driving a car and then they hear something in the back so then they pull over and then they cut to a shot from inside the trunk as it opens and then you see the expressions on the people's faces but you don't see what's in the fucking trunk and my feeling (laughs) is i need to know what's in the fucking trunk and i know as a filmmaker why they're not going to reveal that to me immediately but you're a filmmaker and you know what's in the trunk but yep. as an audience member, you don't, and you want to know what's in there. There's, there's like, a dog barking in the background through all you can that. cut it off. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it, it's it's just, like, the, the that feeling to me mm-hmm. is the worst thing in the world. The unknown. The unknown, the... Just, just yeah, it, it's, it's an unknown, but it's also there's, like, a dread attached as to it. As a person, when you, like... Uh, like, when you're learning, do you need to know, like, every single detail about the thing you're learning? Yes. Yeah, I go down too. Wikipedia rabbit holes. Yeah, me too. And I think that's what it is for me, too. The sense of, of not um, knowing really freaks me out. Like, and we've talked about this before, and you're the opposite of me. Like, if I go fast forward and see the end of my life and see that I'm, like, happy and content, then I would enjoy my life up until that point. That is the one area, yeah, where we differ in our <laughs> yeah. spoiler philosophies. I love spoilers for TV and movies, but I don't want to know what happens to me. <laughs> um, like, if I'm going to die at 28, I want to be 27 and have no fucking clue. Okay, yeah, <laughs> um, that makes sense. Because it, it, I've watched enough movies and TV shows to know that, like, if I know my destiny, I may try to change it or I may try to like <laughs> achieve it faster. And that's just going to be me hoisted by my own petard. And in so doing, I will fulfill prophecies and open up like dark chasms, chasms into the abyss. Yeah. That is, I don't know. I'm just saying dark things happen when people know what happens <laughs> to them ahead of time. And so that is the one place where I will See, not be seeking spoilers. Is, if I'm going to die at 28, I'm probably just going to end up getting my passport finally and like leave the country. <laughs> That'll give me the motivation to like finally like, okay, well maybe I'll, I'll do the thing I wanted to do and then just accept what's going to happen. <laughs> that's fair do you do you find that your love of spoilers is motivated by a fear of death emily i i think so i really do think so because i just want to know what happens and i want to know oh man we're going dark i want to know what things like feel like you know what i mean like if, what do you mean so at the end of the movie like you know this thing is going to happen so i feel like it can appropriately feel throughout the movie but still feel like not so freaking anxious about the end of it mm-hmm. um to actually like go through those emotions you know what i mean yeah i but like if i if somebody could just like tell me for sure what it's gonna feel like when i die then i think like what not being alive feels like and i know i've experienced not being alive before because all of history happened before i got here that trips me out all the time i know isn't that crazy where like, i'm like what does what death, death feel feels like? like because we were all not alive but before here's we got the thing here. about that where i go back from that is that we know what it was like to not be alive before we were alive but right. we don't know what it's like to not be alive after we've had the experience exactly. of being alive and that's the thing if somebody could just define to me what that felt like then i could probably enjoy all of this bullshit before then a lot the more. bullshit being existence, <laughs> existence and life yeah no for me too it's 
I have a fear that I'm go- not a fear even, but I just don't want to die before I know the ending of a movie or a book mm-hmm. series or or any story really. Like going to my death with questions about some fictional narrative is one of my worst fears. Agreed. And like the entire time the Harry Potter franchise was still in motion. I was literally praying that J.K. Rowling would not die. I was praying that she would not die <laughs> and that I would not die. And I'm like a relatively godless individual. Yeah. But when I say pray, I just mean like hopes and yeah. and and good energies and positive vibes and just dreading. <laughs> I, I had such visuals in my brain of like the articles that would come out if J.K. Rowling was like hit by a bus. Right. If and we would before. never know the ending. And it, it gave me some some solace knowing that she had the epilogue just locked up somewhere so i feel like jk rowling may be a kindred spirit like she may also have that in her because she had the precautions of yeah she knew to take that that measure which yeah more people should do i will say i am now a godless individual but i was a very god-filled individual throughout the harry potter series oh really yeah i was very christian when i was younger i was too i used to live in kansas Oh, yeah, you still live in Georgia. We were, it was shoved down our throats. I literally had like had a book of things to pray for. (laughs) And JK Rowling not dying was like on the list. We would have a weekly whiteboard at at Sunday school of things to pray for. And one of mine was for my kittens because one of them was sick and I didn't want it to die. And we all prayed for it. And then it still died. And that's the first time I was like, maybe not. Right? If you had known that your kitten was going to die, would you have ever prayed for it? I think think so. Okay. I think if I knew it was going to die, I still would have... I don't know. That's like a hard question. (laughs) Because that was the beginning of my religious spiral a little bit. Oh, that's really sad. It was kind of like when I was like, is Santa Claus real? And my parents were like, oh... How old were you when you found out Santa Claus wasn't real? Well, so I'm an immigrant child. Okay. And my parents did not put in very much effort into okay. the illusion. Okay. BT dubs, guys. Santa Claus is not real. Spoiler um, alert. Santa's not real. I mean, he may be real in spirits and hearts and minds. Um, so let's talk about the coming weeks. Yeah. What you can expect from your cunts here. So in terms of format, we were thinking we would discuss, um, you know, the shows and the movies that we like to watch and any available spoilers for them. And then we would discuss the post-release. So every other episode would be spoilers. And then every other other episode is how those spoilers impacted our viewing experience and what actually happened. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Because that does kind of impact how you consume the media. We think it impacts it for the better. Yes. Hopefully you do too. (laughs) Um, And so the first thing on our docket is Fantastic Beasts. And in a little bit, we're going to discuss all the Fantastic Beasts spoilers we have available to us. Um, And then our next episode, we'll be discussing Fantastic Beasts after we have seen it. And then we'll be also discussing Gilmore Girls, um, the revival, and the pre-release spoilers, and then the post-release of Gilmore Girls, Mm -hmm. because that is all kind of a one-and-done type scenario. (laughs) Yeah. And then Rogue One, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Star Wars. If we can get our hands on any spoilers, we're going to. I mean, there's the trailers. Yeah, and trailers and stuff and like that. Rumors and stuff like that. And then we have my personal favorite on our docket, The Bachelor. I am very excited to start watching The Bachelor again. Emily has never seen The Bachelor. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't watch The Bachelor, that's fine. But I just want you to know it is a fantastic franchise. And I think of it kind of like Doctor Who, where it's like (laughs) the bachelor you come in on is your bachelor. And I like to think of it as if the bachelor is a time lord who keeps on getting reincarnated. It just keeps dating so many So many, so many companions. (laughs) So many companions. (laughs) And and this is just what he's chosen to do with his once 12, now infinite lives. Yeah. In this universe. I would think that this he probably is a Time Lord based on. I mean, yeah. The spirit of the Bachelor franchise I lives on. I watched The Bachelor when it like first came out, but it's totally different now. And it's I'm so excited to into see. into a parody of itself at so this point. So excited. I mean, Chris Harrison is maybe the TARDIS. <laughs> and is he the host of the show? Yeah, he's okay. the host. And he's the one who takes us... From adventure to adventure. I'm so excited. Yeah. I, did we did we talk enough about our spoilers philosophy? I feel like we did. Yeah? I Because I wasn't sure if we got into the, like, what we're not going to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. What this podcast won't be is, like, in the spoiler ones, the one we're actually spoiling you, we're not going to try to judge what the final product will be in those episodes. Yes, um, we do believe in being spoiler cunts, not spoiler jerks. Yeah. So we're not going to like pass too many judgments on the quality of a work when we all, all we have at our disposal is the spoilers. Right. Um, because there is a lot that comes across in execution and two different people making the same idea could tell totally different versions of it and one version may work and one version may not. Um, so we're just kind of going to discuss what we know of it how that makes us feel question mark yeah (laughs) um i don't know it's a journey y'all we're going on a journey together um also maybe stick this up top christian (laughs) we should have a blanket spoiler for everything forever at the top of all of our episodes spoiler mad spoilers ahead y'all like snape kills dumbledore Snape kills Dumbledore. Luke's your father. Ben chooses Lauren B. Yeah, exactly. All those <laughs> things. Um, because it's hard not to talk about spoilers for everything. It right. just is. And we're just not going to do that. <laughs> um, exactly. Well, one thing we are going to... We're not like breaking spoilers here. We're, we're more discussing spoilers that are already out there in right. the world. So we're using resources like... Um, MuggleNet and like Hypable and Deadline and Spoilers.tv, all of all of the spoiler, easily Googleable spoilers. Exactly. And it's gonna be general spoilers. We're not gonna spoil quotes or punchlines or anything like that. Yeah, Emily has feelings about that. We are not that. the. I do have feelings about that. We are not the actors in the work. We can't deliver them the same. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's that would be actually spoiling the execution right. of it, the, and we like may be ruining it. The delivery, the execution, and all of that kind of stuff. And if you just have a guide, a map, then that's fine. But you don't. What? Would you have a map? You don't know what the trees are going to look like when you go through that area. 
It's about seeing the beautiful foliage and having a guide for how to navigate through that foliage. It's turned very Southern Gothic. You're welcome. We're driving down <laughs> a grassy, grassy road. There's orchards and trees. I don't know what I'm saying, guys. Anyway, fantastic piece. Let's talk some shit. Let's talk some <clears throat> shit. All right, this is your, like, last chance to turn off our podcast, although I don't know why. We're fucking charming as fuck. Gosh, we're so charming. Um, But if you don't want to know Fantastic Beasts spoilers, I bye. guess... Bye. Or listen to this in a few days after you've seen the film. Yeah. Fantastic Beasts. Oh, Emily and I both come from the Harry Potter fandom. We That's do. kind of how we met. Yes. Um, And... So this is obviously something that means a lot to us, the fact that it's continuing. I've always kind of been a fan of the fact that it's continuing. I'm not one of those people that's like, no, leave it the way that it is. Don't because ruin the source material. My general feeling is that the longer this franchise goes on, the more likely it is that I will eventually get to direct one of these movies. Yeah, so exactly. let it go on forever, guys. <laughs> like, come on, just give me this. I hope that you get to... To direct the HBO revival of the Harry Potter, book. the gender bent, like I would race love bent an version HBO series of Harry Potter. I would love each season is one so year. Much. Oh, a switch of the gender, a gender bent one. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, and I think you would do a good job directing that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, but I mean, just. I don't know. There's just so many things you can do with the Harry Potter series. Whatevs. NBD. Um, <laughs> Including making a movie called Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And where to find them. And full disclaimer, we don't love one of the things that people have done with the Fantastic Beasts Which is cast franchise. Johnny Depp. They cast Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I was just thinking uh, earlier today is maybe it's appropriate that they cast a garbage character a garbage character with a person who is you know accused of garbage garbage things actions yes yeah we don't love that he's in it um you can look up stuff on the internet that we're not gonna get into but we the spoiler cunts choose to believe victims and not support quote-unquote alleged abusers exactly um, but we also understand if you want to see Fantastic Beasts, because we're living in dark fucking times, y'all, <laughs> and seek comfort in whatever media you can get it from, and we're not going to ju- we are not going to judge that. Um, no. Basically, we're not going to let Johnny Depp spoil our spoilers. Nope. And this can serve as a guide for peeps who don't want to see him in it, but want to know what happens, because the Harry Potter books mean a lot to us all. Um, plot spoilers. Let's talk. Oh my god. Guys, there are so many spoilers. When I was researching for this episode, I didn't I thought it would be hard, like a little bit hard to get spoilers for this movie, but they are in abundance on the internet. And I just think that's because the Harry Potter fandom is the best fandom. Yeah. There we are, want to know everything. We want to know everything. There are people like us out there. You're not alone if you like spoilers. If you like spoilers. If you've spoiled yourself on Harry Potter before, this is a new opportunity to spoil yourself on the Wizarding World all over again. If you don't, <laughs> if you didn't keep the secrets, we get you. <laughs> we feel you if you did not keep those secrets. Um. So the basic plot is Newt Scamander, uh, Eddie Redmayne. So arri- cute. <laughs> He's so cute. He is. <laughs> he arrives in New York City, 1926. Ooh. <laughs> 
I don't know what that was. <laughs> and get his he gets his suitcase mixed up with a nomad who is a American muggle. That's, that's what nomads are. Um, <clears throat> so Newt gets a briefcase full of pastries, I believe, and uh, Jacob the nomad slash muggle mm-hmm. gets a suitcase full of fantastic beasts. Is yeah. that that yeah yeah jacob is supposed to be very charming so i feel like this is a very lighthearted, wonderful mix up that's exciting yeah um and then they have to go pokemon go they're fantastic beasts <laughs> um so we are going to break down our spoilers by characters because we haven't really seen the movie so it would be difficult Weird. for us to do it by plot and like yeah. timeline um so first up let's discuss uh credence and the second salemers yes Played by Ezra Miller. Yes. Credence is Ezra Miller. So Credence is, he's this this boy who was adopted by this horrible woman named Mary Lou. Um, he, Mary Lou is kind of like the people who conducted the Salem Witch Trials kind of like thought. She doesn't like magic. She wants to expunge it from existing. But she's aware of its existence? I think so. I mean, Why she would you know be... that magic exists and want to kill it? I mean, I guess we she have historical be, evidence that that happened, but Because she's very, bummer. She's very anti-magic and she wants to stop it from happening. And she has all these adopted children. And so Credence is one of her adopted children. Turns out Credence is actually a wizard himself, and he's a very powerful wizard who's, who suppresses this for his entire life. Well, that's tragic. I know, but... And very allegorical. It is. Think, for, you know, people who are gay and LGBTQ+. Yes. And... Like, the effects that that can have on a person, like, society making somebody suppress who they are and like how that can affect somebody jk rowling getting political up in here which she always was she always is political but i think this is maybe one of the most overt um like allegories that she's done and yeah maybe in the wizarding world that and like the death eaters being an allegory for nazis true but are we using the word allegory right hope we are we'll see people can correct right in If we're not using the word allegory, right, write in and tell us. (laughs) But um, so so Credence is, I think he's like, so there, from what I can understand, there are two plots, like the, like the lighthearted, like fun Newt Scamander plot line. And then there's the arc of all the evil people in the movie. And he's kind of like the focus of the evil people. But he's somebody we sympathize with as well. I don't know yet. We'll see. That's interesting. I feel like, because he's, he's, um, uh, Colin Farrell, is that his name? Yeah, Colin mm-hmm. Farrell, his character is very focused on this character, on Credence, because of how much of a powerful wizard he is. Okay, so Credence is a, a wizard repressing his magic. Right. And he's a very powerful one at that, but he's been adopted by people who hate magic. Hate magic. Exactly i.e. the Dursleys. Yeah. And Percival Graves, who we will get to next, right, um, is like, come under my wing, little bird. From what I can tell <laughs> by all of the spoilers that are out. Other spoilers we have is that he dies, but maybe not. Yeah. So in the movie, he's supposed, he goes on like a killing spree and is supposed to die at some point. 
in all of this which is a bummer i don't like that yeah maybe there might be um supposedly there might be like a hint to him not dying Mm -hmm. and ezra miller has said that he starts production on fantastic Beasts 2 in the coming months so he might not be dead yeah he's dead but maybe not so he sounds like somebody who might be a sympathetic person on the villain side who who has hope of either becoming somebody on the hero side redemptive season yo arc right um or he could become or he's you know, just like an evil hardcore villain yeah. with an extended backstory so that we sympathize with him it, i mean i'm down for either yeah could be interesting same thing with like voldemort like voldemort's a horrible horrible character but then you see his backstory and you see how he became that way and you're like and you're like oh he was an orphan yeah still not an excuse still not an excuse for all of the evil things he did but you can see how society made him that way could be the same story arc with credence yeah and true facts on to the person that got really interested in credence percival uh, graves Percival Graves, who is the head of basically magical fbi for yeah. the u.s um he's got another title but it's a dumb title that's very long <laughs> yes that's true and <clears throat> And the spoiler-filled review that we read, it didn't really get into what Percival Graves himself does in the the movie. movie. They're just like, he's there. But spoiler alert, major plot point is that Percival Graves is not Percival Graves. He is actually Grindelwald in disguise. And um, at least the ones that we read, it doesn't specify if he's pulling a Mad-Eye Moody. Like, is it Polyjuice? Mm -hmm. Is it... Um, just a glamour. Is he like Tonks? Is he like, is he, like Tonks it? and like transfigured himself into looking like Percival Graves? Or... And where is the real Percival Graves? We don't fucking know, y'all. But um, the whole time Colin Farrell is Johnny Depp, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like the worst. <laughs> right. Sorry, Colin, Colin Farrell. Hopefully you, you have a part. <laughs> In the future. Hopefully you have a job after this and you're not just like discarded and your character is never looked at again. But uh, yeah, that's I think that's like the major reveal at the end of the movie is that he has been in disguise as Grindelwald the whole time. Which I had heard a couple of these spoilers um, a couple weeks ago. And when I first heard them, I was really surprised. Like, we, let's, let's talk about how we feel about this. Um, because at first I had thought that Fantastic Beast would just be kind of what it it a says in the title. Like, oh my god, let's go find some magical beasts. And now it's sounding more and more like there's a lot of political intrigue and layers about racism yeah. and homophobia and just, like anti-magic movements yeah. like layered in there um and the thing is i feel like we shouldn't be surprised by this because whenever harry potter was presented to us it was like oh it's a it's a book series about a magical boy going to wizarding school but actually there's like this really dark force that's opposing him and like that's very racist and very like rooted in 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 just just evil stuff yeah (laughs) prejudice that's the word i was looking for prejudice and jk rowling herself she's not shy about talking about her own political leanings right so so it it sounds like this is less a whimsical story about beasts in the world and more maybe about like 
beasts in society. Which is very interesting. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm really excited for it. It's definitely piqued my interest a lot more than the original same marketing, I guess, for the sh- yeah. for the movie would have me believe. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited about it. I think I've also heard something about how future installments there are going to be five. Um, And David Yates is directing the first two. Um, I've read that they're going to take place in different cities almost every time. Yeah, the second one is supposed to be set in Paris. Um, Yeah, it's going to be set in Paris, not days later, because somebody said that. And then J.K. Rowling corrected her on Twitter and was like, nah. Um, (laughs) Which is also interesting. It's it's interesting the venues from which we get spoilers these days. Right. Um, We get them from, like, the actors in the films as well as the lady who wrote it and you gotta be on the top director like david Yates was the one who told everybody that the second one was being set in paris yeah so that'll be definitely interesting assuming it's still set in the 20s i really need to brush up on my harry potter timeline yeah well it spans the whole um grindelwald dumbledore rise to power like rise to power slash defeat how old is dumbledore during this time period. Uh, I think they changed it because um, he's supposed to be... So his his sister was killed in 1899, um, I believe. So he should have been in his, like, I think, like, maybe 30s or 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like they might have changed the ages a little bit. So he can be young and foxy? Oh, my God. If we get a foxy Dumbledore... I, would I don't want to see a foxy Dumbledore kissing Johnny Depp. If it goes, yeah, that's that true. Route. We'll see. That's a bummer. But they wouldn't right. really be kissing. They'd just be like sadly lusting for something that they know has gone evil. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Um, Not even lusting, loving. I guess <laughs> that's yeah. the tragedy of the Grindelwald Dumbledore, Dumbledore non-love story. It really is. Yeah, because it never comes. Do you think it will fruition. be addressed as a love story? I mean, I can't see how it wouldn't be. Yeah. It's, that's how it's it was explained. And, in, like, even in the books, like, J.K. Rowling announced after the books that Dumbledore is gay, but I feel like it's hard to to read into that relationship at all without it being like, oh, these dudes, like, Dumbledore loved this guy. Uh-huh. But. Yeah. So hopefully we will get our first really canon representation of a gay couple. I mean, we should have been Cursed Child. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> controversial opinions? Not really. Not controversial Pretty mainstream opinions, actually. Yeah. Absolutely. But um, Onwards. Yeah. Uh, Jacob and Queenie are a thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's supposed to be so cute. Yeah? Apparently, like I said, like, Jacob's supposed to be, like, a very lovable muggle slash nomad, and Queenie's, like, considered, like, the beautiful sister of the of the two sisters, and... It's supposed to be very cute to see this, like, goofy guy and this, like, beautiful girl to Well, that's nice. Love. I'm stoked for that. And also, I think um, Tina and Newt end up together. They do, yeah. It's not really clear if that's going to happen in I, this movie or it's, if it's suggested that they will eventually get married and we're at the start of this journey. It's suggested that they're, like, together this movie, but from what I've read... It like they actually part ways at the end of this movie. Like he mm-hmm. goes back to Europe and she stays in New York, and it's a very like. Have they kissed? Do we know? I don't think I don't think anybody said if they've kissed or not. Hmm. Intrigue. I know. Exactly. I I hope good things. Also, um, um, I think it's worth mentioning that that Credence has the Obscurus. 
Oh, yeah. Like, so he's been pinting up all this, like, magical ability his whole life. Um, And apparently when that happens, and you're a powerful wizard, it turns into something called an Obscurus, which is obscure in terms of what I know about that. But but it's supposed to be some sort of energy, I guess, that turns monstrous, as all dark force energy do. do, Exactly. Does do. Do? Does? Does is? And um, I think eventually it kills his Lamar. His, yeah. His his dear mother, Mary Lou. I mean, she doesn't sound like a very good person, so maybe good riddance. Yeah, you know, who cares about Mary Lou? Ezra Miller actually is a person who spoiled that, and he said he regretted it because he liked working with the actress, but... (laughs) Um, So that happens. And, yeah, something else that I find interesting is that we've really aged up all these characters. We're no longer... In, like, teenage. In teenage, yeah, like, Hogwarts-aged, coming-of-age type storylands. We're telling adult stories with wizards who are of age um they're almost like millennial age wizards though in the 1920s is it that what it seems like (laughs) a little bit yeah yeah. it's they're coming of age um (laughs) yeah that is what it seems like um so all of this is very interesting i don't know what to make of it i i do think i do think it'll be interesting seeing a harry potter movie that doesn't have a book attached and it's explicitly written by jk rowling because she didn't write the screenplays to the other ones so right i'm she didn't write the screenplays to the other ones she didn't write the um book for cursed child herself um so this is definitely new territory that we haven't really entered before yeah um and i'm i for one i'm excited because i whenever i would watch the movies i would always kind of try not to read the books right beforehand because then the details would be fuzzier and i wouldn't be more like angry they like left out my favorite line um so since this is something where we don't have anything to compare it to we are coming in with relatively fresh slates i mean if you're a spoiler cunt like us not a completely fresh slate but i think um we don't have the history attached and we're not going to dissect it the same ways so this will definitely have interesting impacts within the harry potter canon it i think it really will i'm actually um friday i plan on reading the screenplay for it before you see the movie yeah and i'm i'm interested to see what gets cut out Mm-hmm. of the like in the final product of the movie oh yeah that's a that's a fun exercise in general yeah. if you read the screenplays before you see the movies because the screenplay is supposed to be the the kind of blueprint for a movie and it's like you get to see how to you see would how it translates yeah. you get to see how your movie matches up against the movie they made which Hopefully is always fun the, the, the one they made is better but maybe we'll see yeah, <laughs> yeah. it'll definitely be interesting do you like david yates as a director um remind me which ones he did did he do he Order did like of the, the last three so he did six seven eight he might have done five as well actually i feel like he did five i think i did like um his era i love harry potter seven films. part one i didn't like seven s- part one i loved I seven part two one. nah no i didn't love that and i didn't love the sixth one the sixth one is one where I thought I didn't like it, and then whenever I see gifts from it, I'm like, you like oh. It? Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I should rewatch it, because admittedly, I've seen it, like, twice, because Same. I've only 
Like, I really didn't like it that much when I first saw it. But maybe I should watch it again. It's like the end of a Harry Potter era because book six is the last time they were really at Hogwarts, Hogwarts yeah. going through all of the Hogwartsy things. So I think that may also be where some of my love for it comes from when yeah. I'm like, oh, remember when we were all young and innocent you know and just mixing slugs and <laughs> things this is off topic but of course because i like as much information as possible what i would really like to see is the story of hermione going back to hogwarts for her seventh year because she did go back i know to finish and i would just like like to see like a snapshot of what her life at hogwarts was like without harry and ron and yeah like if she was depressed or like what or if she how she was during that year yeah yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Because there's a part of me, I remember when I first read that, like, it was in an interview or something yeah. after book seven came out. I remember thinking, that's stupid. I disagree. Yeah. Head canon not accepted. Yeah. <laughs> um, because Hermione's the smartest witch of her time. She probably could have skipped a grade anyway. Yeah, that's how I felt. <laughs> and I was like, wouldn't she want to just, like, get a move on in her life um, rather than go back to high school and learn stuff that she already knows? That, like, I think that degree quote-unquote would mean a lot to her though yeah the the completionist in me understands her going back for that so it's also like stupid so i do want to kind of read that multi-chapter fanfic that's hermione granger's seventh year and like the times that she visits ron when he's in or or like when he comes to i want i always want the angsty versions of these where it's like they almost break up or maybe they do break up do you, like, yeah, maybe they like broke up for a time and got back together or something. I I think so. This is some Will and Kate, yeah. the dark years. <laughs> um, so that's that's kind of that's interesting. Maybe who's gonna write that? Somebody go write that. Okay, please. yeah, we're calling for us. somebody to write a fi- fan fiction about Harry Potter. Needs Grader's you now. Yeah. There's so many. There's so many people from the HP fandom that were active fan fiction writers. That I don't know if they're still doing that anymore. I used to write fanfic. Oh, really? Oh, I wrote Lily and James fanfic. I wrote like one <sighs> Harry Ginny That's cute. fanfic that won some awards. NBD. Really? Uh, yeah, it was a one shot. It was called Train Ride. It was oh about their train ride back in at the end of book six. Oh my god! I got some stuff right in my predictions. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, um, but really, Ron and Hermione was like my main ship. Harry Ginny wasn't even my main ship. It was just like I had so many issues with how it was portrayed in book six oh that I was like, I need to write my way out of this. Everybody, go find this right now. I mean, it's not hard. I didn't even have a real pseudonym. It was Y Kwong on fanfiction.net. Oh my god! Don't read my bio because it's super embarrassing. So great. I was such a pretentious little tool. I was such a pretentious tool when I wrote at that age too. Yeah, you can't I help never wrote it, man. Fiction though, I always wrote like nonfiction. I've well, always really. Written, like, you never wrote fanfic. No, I rarely wrote fiction. Like I was uh, a creative writing writer in college. I never wrote fiction. I always wrote creative nonfiction. That's so fascinating. I don't know why. I mean, creative nonfiction is one of the most fun genres. It is because it's very relatable. Writing. Yeah, it's great. I really like reading it, but I uh, I don't know. I... But not with the fanfic. I even yeah. wrote some like post-cursed child like, fanfic-esque oh stuff because I was so mad. Okay, cursed child spoilers, y'all. Like, <laughs> There's a part where Ron in the ultimate timeline we end up in is like – hey, Hermione, let's get married again because the first time I was so drunk, I don't even remember it. 
which is, I guess, like Emily and I with this podcast right now. (laughs) But like, it was so offensive to me, a characterization of Ron because he loves Hermione so much. Like, why the fuck, y'all? So I wrote out kind of a Tumblr mini fic. It was like a stream of consciousness rant that turned into fanfic, um, which is the only version of it that I will accept that Ron is dead (laughs) drunk at his wedding to the love of his life, Hermione Granger. Um, We'll post a link in the show notes, (laughs) y'all. But I, yeah, no, fanfic is still a thing that I love very much. And I am interested to see if any comes out of fantastic beasts i think it will yeah i think it has a to renaissance of harry potter fanfic it's just like a renaissance of harry potter fandom like oh man, all yeah. like young fans and we're gonna be like the old like crotchety ones being like get off our porch like <laughs> it is fascinating get off our stoop. Yeah. how fandom has evolved over this time because the first time the harry potter fandom was around you and i we were teenagers yeah um i wasn't allowed to go to a lot of the like irl fandom yeah. events so for me it was connecting to people on live journal and right. through fanfiction.net there was a website called Checkmated that was um, oh a Ron and Hermione archive. I helped start a fanfic archive called anobleroom.org. Um, it just all those old communities are no longer like around. They they might be around, but they're not active. It's not in like, yeah, it's not in its golden, a- golden because age of fandom. Fanfiction doesn't pay or that's not even true anymore. That's the like weird thing cuz <laughs> you if you go on Wattpad, you can find sponsored fanfic for really? TV shows where like shows like The Royals will get popular fanfiction writers to write fanfic for their show. And I'm just like, this is a brave new world. Fanfic writers can get paid by the canonical yeah. entities that are the the shows that they watch. Like, that's wild. Um, and that's probably going to make a comeback with Fantastic Beasts, I would say. Do you think? I hope Harry so. Potter fan, like Harry or the Wizarding World, I guess, fan fiction. Do you think that, I just had this thought in my head, they have. They've had to know for like years that they were gonna be doing this pod. This podcast. They've had to know for years we were gonna be doing this podcast. <laughs> no, for years that they were gonna be doing like deeper, like in depth movies about the Wizarding World because the theme park is called the Wizarding World, not Harry Potter World. Well, it's 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 called the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, but it's not like Harry. But it's like all of Harry Potter. Like Harry Potter isn't like the main name of it. Mm-hmm. It's called the Wizarding World. So I'm like, maybe they've known for a really long time that they would be doing stories about the Wizarding World. And that's why the whole theme park is even called the Wizarding World, because it's, I don't know. Yeah, that's, no, that's totally possible. I mean, it would have taken them, they've, they've, it's definitely been years from conception to production oh, yeah. to post, at least, they on had, Fantastic Beasts. When I went to my first Harry Potter convention in 2007, they had like, like spec drawings of the theme park then in 2007 yeah. so i'm like i wonder if they've always known that they were going to revisit it i mean they had to have they're like we spent so much money on this already we're probably gonna yeah the cynical part of me is like it's such a cash cow it is it and truly is. my general principle is like if i know that i personally would pay money to buy x book or see x movie mm-hmm. then they're eventually gonna make it because there's millions of people like me that's true 
So, of course they're going to make Fantastic Beasts. Of course they're going to make more movies. Because Spoiler alert. Warner Brothers loves money. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the not cynical side of that, J.K. Rowling loves this universe. You know, she's right. gone on to write the Cormac Strike whatever the fuck books. Yeah. Haven't read them. <laughs> um, and she wrote The Casual Vacancy, which got adapted by the BBC. <laughs> that's That's Millie. Yeah, Emily's dog, um, and yeah, the, she she's gone on to these other worlds, but she, since she's been on Twitter, has come back to the Harry Potter universe time and time again, yeah. just answering questions and adding to the canon of her own universe. So it's like, of course, there's going to be a huge amount of appeal for her. So right, on a she didn't do it for a long time. Yeah, she waited, and then. On a story the level, floodgates. yeah, I think she just has so much more to tell that these stories, they were going to happen. We'll be spoiling them for many years. <laughs> Hopefully. I I want good things. Like, I think ultimately the Harry Potter franchise, I owe a lot to it, and I think yeah. a lot of people do. It's the reason why I'm writing. It's the reason why I fell in love with stories and wanted to make movies. Right. Um, well, actually, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise is why I want to make movies. Um, <laughs> but it's we owe a lot to this franchise. And so I, I personally applaud the fact that it's continuing. And I yeah. want it to be able to, you know, open up worlds and imagination and discovery for people for eons to come. I agree. Um, so that kind of concludes our Fantastic Beasts spoilers section. Um Next week, we'll be back talking about how this experience of spoiling ourselves impacted our viewing or reading experiences. Yep. And yeah, that that's always an adventure because, you know, it's not always like you read the thing and you know exactly how it comes out. There have been so many times I have read a spoiler and then watched it and been like, oh, because of the specific phrasing right. of whatever whoever wrote that spoiler, I thought it was going to be a certain way, and then it wasn't. And so there's exactly. still room for surprise. It's just a different kind. It's just an at-ease surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of surprise where it's like, hey, you told somebody, I would like a surprise birthday party. No, actually, this is a bad <laughs> analogy because I've never done that. I would never do that. I don't want that surprise. Guys, Yulene wants a surprise birthday party. But I want to know exactly when, where, <laughs> and what to wear. And where to find you. <laughs> surprise birthday parties and where to find them. <laughs> Coming soon to a theater near you. Should we just start a new podcast that's based on that premise? Yeah. <laughs> Tune in for our new podcast. <laughs> um... And, uh, yeah, so let's introduce another segment of ours, which we have decided to call Vintage Spoilers. Vintage Spoilers, where we will spoil something that happened in the past. The far past, in this case. Um, Since we're set in 1926 for all of our spoilers thus far, the time when Fantastic Beasts occurred, we decide to spoil something from 1926. Harry Houdini died. Guys, spoiler alert, Harry Houdini is dead. Um, and Harry Houdini, in case you did not know, was a famous magician and stunt performer. I think the word was actually illusionist. illusionist. Um, and he did a l- number of fantastic feasts 
not beasts, <laughs> um, such as climbing across ropes slung from skyscrapers, uh, straight jackets underwater. Getting um, punched in the stomach a bunch. Yeah, lots of things. He died on Halloween in 1926, and he and his wife um, had an agreement that whoever died first, um, if it was possible to contact the living from the great beyond, they would say a certain phrase. Um, and every time they went to a medium, if they heard anything other than this phrase, um, it would mean that that medium was a fraud. So Houdini and his wife, um, let me find her name because I don't want to be like his wife. Yeah. She's her old woman with her own name. Yes. Which we will find in (laughs) the demo. Houdini's wife and where to find her. Houdini. Uh, Lita Rotter? Is that it? Lita Beatrice? Oh, Bess Houdini? Sorry, I'm I'm trying to find it. Oh my god, did you know Houdini was Jewish? Nah. It's tight. Oh, okay. Um, so he and his wife, what's her name? Lilabita. It sounds like Lilabita because I'm stuffy, but it's... Wilhelmina? Wilhelmina. Oh, Wilhelmina. Beatrice Besseroner. Okay. So Houdini and his wife, Wilhelmina, um, wanted to debunk spiritualists. And so they had an agreement that whoever died first would say a certain phrase. And any medium that um, tried to say that they were contacting the dead spouse from the great beyond that didn't say this phrase would be debunked as a fake um and so they debunked many many people and i guess that's our spoiler that you can't contact people from the great beyond because it never happened except once and it was later revealed to be faked spoiler alert nothing happens when you die oh man oh man emily it's okay just kidding you're not though (laughs) um but so she held a annual seance on halloween for 10 years after houdini's death trying to contact him and then eventually she said 10 years is a long enough to wait for any man and she extinguished the candle next to his photograph that she had kept burning since his death and decided to move on amen sister yeah her last seance was held on the roof of the knickerbocker hotel in los angeles in 1936 um that hotel is still standing and it's now a retirement (laughs) uh community so and it's actually just blocks away from where we're recording this podcast that's true (laughs) which is kind of cool yeah that is cool um so that's your vintage spoiler that death is a great beyond from which you cannot reach across. <laughs> Unless you hear the secret code, in which case, never mind. It was Rosabelle Believe. Rosabelle Believe. That's our podcast. Uh, I think this is the appropriate time to mention the fact that we're all bummed from the election last. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert Spo- for past Eileen and past Emily. That hotel you went to celebrate... <laughs> Our new first female president. <laughs> it, it turned into quite a fun- funereal. Is that how we pronounce that word? Yeah, funereal sure. atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Shortly after our arrival. 
It's dark times, y'all. Dark That's times, how I'm feeling. As we were we were talking about this earlier, and I made the point or said that if I could fast forward four years and see what the world is going to be, I would do it just so I could maybe have some peace of mind. I agree. Although, you know, remember that night we were like, hey, if we could see the spoilers for this uh, election, we would see them. But now I'm kind of like, maybe I wouldn't have because I would have been real sad and I would have been in denial. And maybe those couple of hours that we spent in denial were we're good. We're good for us. So I don't I don't know, y'all. I I haven't. Obviously, we were both with her. We Um, were both with her and we're feeling a little bit. Uh, it's hard not to feel demoralized, I think, when something you wanted and believed in doesn't win. It doesn't <laughs> um, win. But as the West Wing says, that's democracy for you. Sometimes the other side wins and you lose. Um, but that doesn't mean you give up. Um, it just means that you keep standing for what you believe to be right, which is the things that we learn from our stories. And, you know, yeah. Yep. We'll we'll keep we'll keep doing us. Keep doing us. Keep fighting and uh until then. <laughs> oh man, that's that's like a bleak ending, isn't it? It's a bleak ending, guys, but sometimes the endings are bleak. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Sometimes sometimes it's not a happy ending. We're gonna be here having fun though. Yeah. Despite I think all of the craziness. We need we need things like this us. more than ever. We truly do. It's like Dean Thomas's essentially podcast during is, the yes, Second very, Wizarding very World War. Um, he spoiled all those wizard shows back in the in the Second Wizard. <laughs> Do they have Wizard TV? I feel like they only had Wizard Radio. We never saw like Wizard TV, oh my which God. is silly because it was the nineties. Wizards are so behind the times. They're in so terms of behind technology. the times. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, why have I never examined this? Next week, we'll be examining <laughs> wizard television. Where is where wizard Shonda it? Rhimes? Like, come on. We've got Marvin the Mad Muggle comics, but nobody thought to adapt like, if that. Artist Bill should put his energy into making. TV shows rather than tormenting children at Hogwarts. Well, Argus Filch was a squib, though. Exactly, but he could have made TV. He could have made wizard TV. That would be a great place for squibs, actually. I know. that You don't need magic to work a camera. (laughs) And also, but maybe there's this like, well, why do we need shows when we have photos that move? But no, that doesn't make my, that doesn't make sense because that's essentially saying like, why make TV shows when you have GIFs? GIFs. Gifts. Gifts forever. Either way. I will die on that mountain. You guys uh, stew on that for the next week. Let your rage be filled with... Spoilers. Let us spoil you. Let us spoil you. I like that. That's our tagline. Let us spoil you. Till next time, I'm Yuleen. I'm Emily. Bye. Roll outro. Spoiler alert.